episode 15 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. My name is Scott. I would say my name is Mel, but I'm trying not to say that every week. Why not? That can be our thing. <laughs> On this week's episode, we're going to dive in, dissect and analyse my Jill's Parkrun run on the weekend. Amongst other things, we're going to catch up with Mel Fletcher, who's launching Laylaw Parkrun this weekend, which we're going to try something different and new and hopefully innovative at Laylaw. So stay tuned and you'll hear all about that later in the podcast. Are you going to contribute anything this week, Mel? Uh, um, yeah, I should probably have a little bit of a chat about something. Let's start there. What did you do on the weekend? If it was related to parkrun, I can't remember. Well, I actually went across to Western Australia for the first time and I got to go to Bunbury Parkrun on Saturday morning. So that was a bit awesome. First time on the west coast of the country and, yeah, got to go for a bit of a trot. Well, actually, I walked around the course because I was saving my legs for a bit of a longer distance at the Bunbury Three Waters uh, running festival on Sunday, also with a whole bunch of park runners. So I had a really, really great weekend. A great adventure. That's like the longest adventure you could go on. Well, in Australia, domest- yeah, domestically, yeah. yeah, it was it it was a fabulous adventure. And to do a park run course in a completely different state is always awesome. But to do one on the other side of the country is a little bit special. So the uh, event team were wonderful they put on a really good event and it's a beautiful little uh course i got to see swans black swans swimming around in it's actually run around the big swamp so if you go to bunbury park runs uh website and you look for the course description it's actually like oh yeah you know you run around the big swamp and i thought oh that's quite generic I wonder what this whole big swamp thing is. And I actually look, and on a map, if you look at it on a map, it's called the big swamp. That's the name of it. So, um, yeah, and there's quite a lot of water in the big swamp at the moment and quite a lot of swans. Um, I, I stopped for lots of run fees trying to get the swans, but they spend a lot of time with their head underwater eating. So it's just like this big black blob sitting on top of the water if you're not quick enough. Sounds interesting. There must be a body of water, plenty of wildlife, not just swans. Not just swans. I actually walked past a couple of ladies who had binoculars for bird watching and a whole big book and a big chart where they could take notes down. I've never seen bird watchers on a parkrun course before, so just goes to show, yeah, there's definitely a concentration of wildlife there. And it's a two-lap course, flat course, I presume? Yes, it's two laps and it's pretty, it's pretty flat. Uh, there's a couple of little undulations that you go up. Um, well, one that you go up twice, basically. There's a little bridge. You would love it. A lovely wooden bridge through an avenue of, um, well, there's, it's bush on both sides, so it's quite shaded. And then the following day, you were there for your half full marathon. <laughs> yes, my first and last for 2016. So I got my bling, I uh, ran the whole way, so I'm very happy about that. And I tried and tested some rule breaking, which we talked about in the podcast last week. Did you successfully break all the rules? 
I successfully broke all the rules and none of them adversely impacted my run. So to recap, one of the rules was uh, drinking alcohol the evening before. So I had a bottle of wine that I shared and um, that was was up quite late drinking that and wasn't I didn't notice any difference the next day. I wasn't sick. I wasn't hungover, you know. It didn't impact my run. Must have been good wine. It was excellent wine. Was I think I believe yes, we we drank all local wine this weekend. We well, local to Western Australia, we made sure it was um either from the Margaret River or one of the surrounding areas. Um the I I tried out a costume that I was literally sewing on the plane on the way over and still sewing late Saturday night to get finished. And that also involved face paint, body glue and glitter. And I wasn't sure how that was going to go over the distance, uh, especially as if you read the packaging on the face paint, it's like avoid contact with eyes, keep away from eyes, nose and mouth. And it's like, well, pretty much all those things are on my face and in fairly close proximity to the paint. And it actually rained at about 16 kilometres. And so when it was raining, because the, the, the face paint held up quite well around my eyes, but when it was raining, I, I did very well not to wipe it. But it was it was dripping into my eyes, and there was about five hundred meters there where it was burning like Tabasco sauce, and I couldn't see. And I was thinking, "Oh my God, I'm going to have to run the last five kilometers of this event blind because my eyes were burning so much." So that's probably why they say avoid contact with eyes. Uh, but fortunately, it stopped raining. And so I was able to dab the excess moisture away and uh, the tears washed out the rest of the Tabasco sauce type sensation. So that that was good. So small confession here. When you mentioned last week that you were going to do glitter costumes, I was a little worried. But worried? I have seen, well, I was worried that you might have just been going over the top and you might not have been reading the situation right. But I've seen <laughs> the photos and you nailed it. Tell, so tell people what you dressed up as, because I don't think you did last week, did you? I didn't mention it before the event because I don't like to people. I don't like people to know what I'm going as because then they have high expectations, and I don't like disappointing people. Basically, so I, I went as Derek Zoolander from the original Zoolander film in his derelict outfit and the associated makeup that comes with the very famous look magnum so I was throwing a lot of magnums on the course and very happy to say that even when I finished and after the rain and the sweat of 21 kilometers I still had face paint and glitter on my face and it looked relatively good so check that holds up really well (laughs) well done it didn't throw your rhythm out no um, not at all no, plenty, plenty of time for looks after all the cheers, uh, encouraging the other runners on. You know what I love? These running events where you register early enough, you get your names on bibs because it just increases the amount of contact you can have with so many other runners. And this particular running event, the marathon and the half marathon were both run on the same course. So the marathon was two laps of the half and I got to see – 
the same people multiple times. So, you know, you start out knowing their name because it's on their bib and you're just building up this relationship of cheers and, and uh, good wishes along the way. And it was such a wonderful atmosphere. Everybody was really happy and friendly and supportive and clapping and high fives and thumbs up. And, yeah, it was a really lovely event. I'd highly recommend it if you're ever in Western Australia, roughly this time of year, look, look it up and head along. It sounds like a success. It was a success. I didn't have any costume chafing. I ate in the morning before the run. I ate new food I'd never tried during the run, although that food, oh, the whole big array that I took along, I, I showed Tim and he was looking through them and basically, as a parent who knows about sugar levels and things like that, he told me everything I bought was pretty much terrible and I shouldn't have bought any of it. Um, but, you know, it was too late by then. It was 10 minutes before I had to run. So I just picked a couple of them and took them. And, yeah, I didn't vomit. There's another bonus. I ran the whole way. I didn't feel sick. And I got my bling at the end. And so it would have been a good opportunity to catch up with the parkrun folk over in WA. I did multiple occasions. There were some dinners. There was a Q&A on Saturday. There was, of course, park run on Saturday morning. And many of them, even who weren't participating on Sunday, came along to cheer and support. So I got to meet a lot of the extended park run family. And it was lovely to meet the West Aussies. They were, um, they're just the same as us, you know, happy and supportive and, and love park run. So what more could you want? So that's my adventure for the weekend in a nutshell. Scotty, what were you up to? Well, this weekend for Parkrun, I was, I was running at Gels, and we're, we're going to discuss that in depth later in the pod. But I, have you heard of the Great Pursuit? I haven't. Well, the Great Pursuit is an amazing race type of event that I took part in with my wife on Sunday. Highly recommend it. Lots of fun. You compete in groups of two, and you're given a set of clues to find locations located around the city. And you have to get to these locations as quick as you can. Some of them have challenges you have to do. Others have just like a little puzzle you have to solve and find the clue to. And it's all about a strategy is how you're going to get around the city in the fastest time possible. And it's lots of fun. This is our third year doing it. And it was interesting. Last year, we made a mess of it. And we ended up running 15 kilometers. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, and both Yvonne and I were fit, fitter than we are now, strangely enough. And we thought we'll just run everywhere. We'll just don't pay too much attention to the clues. Just run and try and beat <laughs> everybody by running. Nice strategy. Didn't work. This year, we spent a bit more time in the planning stages and only ended up running about 8K in the end. But we really covered the same sort of distance. As in, if you do it properly, you should really only have to cover eight kilometres. So we were a lot more successful this year. But it's lots of fun. And it's running, it's walking, it's being active. If they have it up there, I highly recommend you check it out. The Great Pursuit. I'll have a look. And, oh yeah, I'll have a look into it. It's maybe something you can get together with your parkrun buddies. Our next guest on the podcast is an event director for the upcoming launching Laylaw Parkrun, 
Melissa Flencher, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me this evening. You're launching this Saturday. Are you excited? Very excited. I'm um, I'm excited to to be able to bring Parkrun to Laylaw, um, and we have an, a full, we have a full volunteer roster. All the equipment's been charged. Uh, we've checked the course several times, so we'll be very excited to get there first thing Saturday morning and to be able to welcome everyone to Laylaw. Now, a bit of disclosure: I'm actually your territory director. So I have had a fair bit to do with Laylaw so far. But we've also got another partner involved in this park run, and that's the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service. We're doing something a little bit different in Laylaw. So starting with the launch, uh, we will be having a full welcome to country. We will also be having um, Aunt Pam uh, coming along and we will be having a warm-up by the Indigenous Hip Hop Projects and they will be staying around to do a, a hip hop demonstration as uh, the participants finish the course and every week uh, ongoing we will be doing an acknowledgement to country before we start the event. So all very exciting uh, for Parkrun and for Laylaw. Yeah, I think this is the first. I think there are some events around Australia that are including that currently. Maybe they're not doing it every week, but we're going to make sure we do it every week at Laylaw and we're going to try and create a community and an environment that is welcoming to the Indigenous community. And it starts by getting the the people from VARS involved and taking their guidance about what we need to do at the event to make them feel welcome. Are you expecting um, a large Indigenous community to be uh, participating at your first event, Melissa, or do you think it's something that will, over time, increase as people begin to understand what you're doing there? Look, the launches, we're expecting quite a few of the Indigenous community. Uh, There has been quite a big social media push by VARS. Um, There is a lot of interest. We've had quite a few registrations online to Parkrun Laylaw. And and with time, as word of mouth gets out that this event is all-inclusive, you know, it can it can only increase. So we're very excited, uh, and and we look forward to to welcoming everyone to Parkrun Laylaw. Describe for the listeners that don't know uh, Laylaw, the area, and what Parkrun could do to this part of Melbourne. Sure, uh, Laylaw's in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, in the outer north, uh, running along the Hume Freeway. Um, it's it's a lovely older area of Melbourne. Uh, there's quite a mix of young families, European families. Uh, this where the particular park is. It's built on an old uh, golf course with new housing estates uh, surrounding it. Uh, so we're hoping to include a lot of families, a lot of the older generations. The path is a mix of uh, trail and takes in the Tambury bike path and it goes over the large uh, rusty-looking bridge that goes over the Hume uh, freeway. So we're encouraging everyone across that big bridge to high-five other participants as they're coming their way. And then um, we, we take on... Um, 
the bike path and go up past the the new iconic Melbourne markets before returning back into a lovely park uh, around the lake and back through the finish line. So it's a lovely part of Melbourne. You touched on one of my favourites there. We're going over a bridge. I might have had a little bit to do with this. but You did. (laughs) (laughs) um, But I think it's going to be great because we've included it early on in the course and it's a perfect opportunity for lots of people to give some high fives, as Robbo would call it, a positive exchange. So if you're coming to the launch or if you're going to visit us in the next couple of weeks, we want to see lots of high fives over that bridge. No excuses. No one's too cool or, or too sweaty after about 500 metres. Do you think it comes in about 500 metres? Uh, I think it's just over the one, uh, just around the 1K mark. So, and it's quite a large bridge. So, there is lots of opportunities for lots of high fives there. Now, you've been in Parkrun for how long? A couple of years? Uh, it's just about 18 months for me. My Parkrun debut was October 2014. And you've previously been running it over at Diamond Creek? Yes, that's right. The biggest park run in Melbourne at the moment. Can you tell the listeners a bit about your journey to becoming an event director? How you started out as a regular park runner and now you're going to embark on your own event? Yeah, sure. I'd love to share that journey. So in 2014, my life wasn't heading uh, the most positive way. I was morbidly obese while trying to hold down a day job, raise my young twins and have a husband that travels um, all over the city for work. And health-wise, I wasn't doing too well. And I just one day uh, woke up and I just couldn't live the life that I was living uh, and decided to pick up my phone and I did some internet searching on beginner running and came across the Couch to 5K app. Uh, I couldn't run 100 metres without feeling like my chest was uh, going to explode, um, but I I persisted. Um, and when I finally completed the Couch to 5K app, I did some Facebook searching and came across the, the well-known group Running Mums Australia and I posted on there and uh, Michelle Esdale from Diamond Creek warmly welcomed me across any time to Diamond Creek and I, and I took the plunge as scary as it is for people first time going to Park Run. She met me there and she introduced me to the course and I was hooked. Park Run became part of my weekly routine and obviously with uh, with looking after myself and, and making good cho- choices I ended up losing just under 40 kilos and uh, have got so much energy and I just want to give that back to my local community now, just letting people know that Parkrun is somewhere safe. They can come be with other uh, supportive and encouraging people who, um, who will help them across the line and they can get fit for free every Saturday. So um, it, it can only be beneficial for the community. 40 kilos in 18 months, that is a colossal effort. Just just by making good choices, you say, and, and going to park run and other exercise. Yep, that's right. Um, it was hard work. It wasn't easy. There were many, many ups um, and, and many downs. Um, I ate well, exercised a lot, 
and park run every Saturday and was and supported by by the parkrun community and uh, was very was all very positive and and rewarding now because uh, when I first spoke to Scott about potentially setting up something locally and being the first parkrun in in the Whittlesea Council area he was he was very excited and um, it's it's my honor to be able to give back to the community what I've taken from parkrun so I was going to say it's inspiring because I've only known Mel for the past few months and I've only known her as a, a strong, fit-looking park runner. So it's, it's, it's hard to put my head around that you're 40 kilos heavier, inactive, and I'm guessing unhappy. Yep, very, uh, very unhappy. There was a lot going on and I know it's hard for people to, to stand up and say, hey, I need help or I'm going to do something um, about my life but once once the decision's made it's it's such an amazing journey and um, it's it's positive on myself my five-year my twins are now five they've come to park run my husband's even child park run and I've just got uh, people following me on social media because they're inspired and motivated by my journey so and I'm helping people I don't know out there become uh, healthy and fit and happy. And it's funny, you told me a story this week. You're inspiring those closest to you. I think your husband said he wanted to purchase some running gear. After he did the trial, um, there was a little whisper in the ear that uh, the cotton he was running in wasn't so uh, cooling and comfortable that he needed um, some moisture wicking gear so we we went out and snapped that up pretty quickly and and the kids the, the kids have their own active wear and sports shoes now so you know that's that's very positive as for, for our family you need to remind him he only has to do 50 more runs and he gets one yeah. for free <laughs> that's right we'll get we'll get there well best of luck mel i will see you on saturday i'm really looking forward to it i think it's going to be one of the great launches we've had down here in, in melbourne Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Last week's episode was a long one. I think it was our longest episode yet. So it might be time to let those of you who listen to The Adventurers on your runs have a bit of a taper week. Yeah, it's all about contrast. We've already just, we've talked about Laylaw's launch. We've also got another launch up in Queensland, Mackay. That'll be another geographic hole filled in the Queensland map for parkruns. So that'll be great. I'd love to get to Mackay parkrun. It's a little bit of a flight from where I am, but it'll happen eventually. Where's the cake this week, Scotty? If we're after cake, we're heading to Augustine Heights. They're having their third anniversary. We've also got two one-year anniversaries. Over in WA, Cottesloe. Cottesloe had a very soft launch, so they might be having a very soft anniversary as well. And they'll actually be having a bit of a soft run because did you know they also run on sand for part of their course over there, Scotty? In some of my thorough research that I do for this podcast, I recently looked up Cottesloe and I did see some photos of them on the beach. Ah, well, I would like to say that I actually researched this for the podcast, but I was actually there yesterday. Uh, we went to have a look and check out where the parkrun course starts and stuff. So it looks gorgeous. 
another ridiculously gorgeous park run. There's just too many of them now. Do you know what is my number one park run that I want to get to? Tell me. Guess. Guess? Could, could you give me a state? It's in New South Wales. It's okay. in the region of Runners. In that case, I would say Sandon Point. No. I want to get to the beaches. Oh, okay. You you want to get to the beaches just I'm, to run on the soft sand, or would you go on a hard sand week so you could have it a bit easier? I'm just intrigued by the idea of the, that the park run is entirely on the beach. I think that's just so cool. I think that's just so, so very Australian, and it's something that I'd want to do. And I'm really surprised their numbers are so small. Well, I guess it being on the beach, you know, you don't have parents with prams participating. I'm not sure if it's a... A dog-friendly beach. They might not even allow dogs as part of their run. So that might have something to do with it. It might just be that they've only got a very small, hardcore group of people who are willing to run on soft sand. Mm, It would definitely be an adventure. We need to get someone from the beaches on the pod soon. Tell us all about it. There's one more anniversary this week down my neck of the woods. The third anniversary in three weeks for the Gippsland region as Sale celebrate their first anniversary. The winter run season has certainly kicked off with a vengeance already. I mean, this past weekend, of course, there were massive running festivals in Canberra, Western Australia, Brisbane. I'm sure there must have been stuff going on in Victoria and New South Wales. So heaps more coming up. I would really love to hear from people who are travelling to these events because I know you're out there about whether or not you're also trying to coincide the trip with a a weekend stay and a park run that you haven't been to. It's the way to do it. I know we had down here, we had the Buffalo Stampede on over the weekend, but they went over three days. They did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so you couldn't squeeze a park run in there. But it's almost mandatory now, isn't it? If you're going to do a road trip for a running event, it needs to be near a park run. It's, it's certainly mandatory that I, I won't travel if I'm going to miss a park run on a Saturday. I was meaning to ask you, Mel, I saw something about you having your own fridge magnet. Please explain. Well, I, ha- I have my own fridge magnet, Scotty. What, what more do you need explained? Describe the fridge magnet and how it came into existence. Last year at the Gold Coast Marathon, I may have, in support of my running club, the Zoolanders, created quite a large banner that was fluoro pink and had in lettering that's about a little bit less than a foot high and in metallic blue glitter, it says, Zoolanders, you're so hot right now. And so this is quite a large banner and I dressed up as Mugatu from the original film And I stood there for five and a half hours cheering on all the Zoolanders. And so there were photos taken of me with this big sign and it was shared in the Zoolander group. And one of the Zoolanders from Western Australia, his name is Faye Dingaway, actually turned me into a fridge magnet. So these fridge magnets get given to Zoolanders who do good Zoolander deeds whether that be um, some kind of adventurous feat in, in, a, in a massive run they do somewhere or if they themselves do some cool banners um, 
anything that furthers the Zoolander effort, they will get a Zoolander magnet as their um, reward. So I'm on people's fridges in Australia and overseas, I believe, as well. So that's a bit different. I didn't know that story because I'm not a Zoolander, so I miss out on this all this Zoolander lore and history. So I'm glad you're here to educate us. But I think that means we need another magnet. We need some we need some parkrun adventurers merchandise. What do you think about that idea? Oh, I'd love to see some parkrun adventurers merchandise. What should we start with? Visors, leg warmers. Well, what do all adventurers need? Good question. Have you read um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. Because don't panic is like the guy's mantra and every adventurer needs a towel. You can get out of all sorts of sticky situations if you have a towel. So a towel's going to be our first bit of merchandise? I don't know. It's, um, I mean... I don't use towels much outside of my house because mm. I don't swim. Maybe we might towels. need to workshop this. <laughs> I, I, I feel better about leg warmers than I do about towels. Leg warmers. Yeah, we've all got T-shirts, we've all got visors, we've all got headbands. What's the key missing accessory item that we can fill that void and profit from it? <laughs> so there's some homework for our listener this week. Episode one, we started giving you challenges, adventures. That never really took off. So now we're going to give you homework. (laughs) Because that's so much more fun than an adventure. Isn't it? So on your runs this week or at Parkrun, have a think about what bit of merchandise or accessory you're missing. Let us know. We'll make it happen. That's the episode for this week. We said it was going to be short. If you've planned a 40 or 50 minute run, what are you going to do for the next 20 minutes? I think they should start listening to a previous episode again. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. But for this week, that's it. Goodbye.